Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Is this is this the Bridge of Two podcast? Are we on? Are we here? This is the podcast where we bridge the sci-fi and fantasy realms we love into a nerd cast of epic proportions. Very epic. I want to just mention that Josh started out with a very long, drawn out, like he was <laughs> going to say welcome, but didn't for like a solid 10 seconds. <laughs> I was waiting for inspiration to strike me. Uh, on how to intro this episode so <laughs> it was perfect 10 of 10 would thank recommend you. thank you thank you sir all right well we are back we came back yeah it's been a weird extra pretty much an extra week hiatus right almost yeah we're recording this one a little later so the bridge of theories episode will be getting up a little later or whatever we'll still get one to you though don't worry. It'll come. It's just coming a little late. I probably, probably should have posted something on Instagram. I guess I can do that now. Do it right now. Well, live. No, in like an hour and a half right when we're now. done. Refused. Um, <laughs> refused. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> okay. This is how I handle conflict. I just start laughing. <laughs> Good one. That's funny. Um. Yeah, so we've... We've been up to, what have we been up to? What have you been up to? I've been up to a lot these past two weeks, actually. Mm. Got off, got a little break from school, so I haven't had to worry about studying or anything. Nice. Which is wonderful. Probably a bad idea, because I have three more semesters and should mm. have kept studying, but I didn't. Yeah, true. But, so I got a lot done. I finished Rhythm of War, which, Woo-hoo! go ahead and say to the top right now that, spoiler warning for later on the episode, where we will be talking about Rhythm of War. If you do not want spoilers, it'll be a very heavy spoiler episode. Episode will be named Spoiler Plate. There you go. I like it. This that better a, be the episode. There's going to be a plate full of spoilers <laughs> for you. So if you uh, stay with us, because uh, we'll be, we won't be talking about Rhythm of War stuff just yet. We'll be talking about that after the break. But uh, when we do break to get our drinks, when we come back, if you don't want spoilers for Rhythm of War, then... We'll we'll do another heads up for when spoilers are beginning. We'll yep. give you time. Give you time to go read it. Ears and up. Come back. Ears up, everybody. <laughs> uh, so I finished Rhythm of War, which we'll get into later. Uh, we're just gonna go ahead and say fantastic. Um, so that was nice. I I, want, I made I wanted to get that done in my on my break so that I can just get it done. I was getting like maybe two chapters done like a month Boo. when I was in school, and Boo. it just wasn't ha- working for me. Yeah. Um. So I finished that. I started mm. um, to sleep in a sea of stars Ooh. by um, Oof Christopher Paolini. There you go. Yeah, the guy who wrote Aragorn. Aragon. Aragon. I keep doing that. Aragon. So I'm checking that out. Am I 100 pages in? It seems interesting. The uh, the main character is currently in, enveloped in a sea of stars. An alien She's... species that has made a suit around her that's almost impenetrable. Has made a suit around her? This alien 
organism, I guess. Wait, for a good reason? I don't, we don't know yet. I'm only 100 pages in, but it has formed around her. At uh -huh. first it was inside of her, then it formed, Ooh. it like burst out in spikes, killed what? her entire crew, including her, spoilers, uh, fiance. It burst out of her in spikes? Yeah. And she's alive? And then it like formed around her body to make like a skin tight suit. Almost like, you ever play Crisis? Like Crisis games? I've played a little bit of one, but I mean, those suits, yeah. It kind of reminds me of those suits, but except it's an actual alien organism that does have kind of thought in, it, in a sense. Like, she almost can kind of sense certain feelings from it. Um, but it's, like, impenetrable. It, like, protects her. She was even, like, jettisoned into open space, and it was it was able to, like, cover her head and uh -huh. allow her to breathe. Weird. Filtered. Um, yeah. Filtered the space so that she could breathe the oxygen. So they're space. already weird aliens that were attacking people and it seems like it could be interesting okay it, it's taking a different turn than i thought because most there's no dragons in it well most sci-fi well, i thought it was like a well yes but i thought it was like a generic like kind of more common sci-fi recently has been like there's a virus or there's like an alien species that's going to take over or mm -hmm. not take over but like an alien organism that's going to cause everyone to die and get sick and you know all that mm -hmm. but this one seems like it might take on like a like a war kind of thing almost or at least a battle i don't know i'm intrigued by it so we'll see what happens cool um, I'm like a hundred pages in. Awesome. Um, so I started that, finished Mass Effect one. Nice. I was sick this over the weekend. Started, I got sick on Thursday, if I remember correctly. And who did you save? All of them. No, you can't save everyone in the first one. Oh, I did. Uh, Caden. I forgot Caden. Good choice. Yeah. I was gonna kill Ashley, but <laughs> I was trying to think about what my character would do and how I was playing him. Is is Caden was the lieutenant, and he mm -hmm. was the one. He was the higher rank, and he was willing to make the sacrifice. And I think my character would have appreciated that. And as the lieutenant, he would have. Oh, I appreciate that. I'll save you. He would have been like, no. Well, he would have been like, as a lieutenant, it's his decision to make the he is gonna. Uh -huh. You know, he was a higher rank than Ashley. Uh huh. So he was making a decision. So my character was like, well, he is the higher rank, and he's making that sacrifice. I'm allowed to make that sacrifice. Oh, so you didn't save him? No, no, he died. Oh. Actually, I saved Ashley. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, Interesting. So I think the other time I played the game, I saved Ashley too, but it's been so long I don't remember. I feel like I've gone both ways with it. I don't like Ashley at all, though. No, I don't She either. annoys the snot out of me. She's racist as I'll get out. But Speciest. But that being said, I thought about it in different aspects as far as what my character would do. Yeah. Shepard decided to save her. Um, so, But I saved everybody else. Nobody else died. Rex, e Rex even lived. Talked him down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever had to kill him. So then I and then I started Mass Effect 2. So I'm going to periodically play that through the semester. Best one. Yes. I already it's already I just love the gameplay so much. Oh, here's a funny thing about Mass Effect. Mhm. Mm you know, well, I mean, I've told you know that I have a poster by my desk at work that's a Mass Effect poster, right? I think you've told me that, yeah. So, yeah, there's a guy who I work with one day I came in, he had it, and I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And I told him, you know, like, that's a really cool poster and everything. And then I guess he decided he wanted to get it, rid of it and because he has a Breath of the Wild poster he wants to bring in and put <laughs> nice. up, which he hasn't brought in yet. But so he's like, here, do you want this? I was like, sure. So I took it, and now it's by my desk. And my desk is right by where people walk by. And so there's people always walking by, like, seeing this Mass Effect poster. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, uh, People, he keeps telling me that people keep asking him, like, why did you give Josh the Mass Effect post? Like, like other people, like, wish they had the Mass Effect <laughs> And then there's a, just some random, like, older guy that works there 
came over and he was like, hey, what's that from? And I was like, oh, it's from a video game called Mass Effect. And he's like, I like it. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, you know, we're spreading, spreading the Mass Effect. There you go. Now. It's such a good story. Yeah. I forgot. It's been a long time since I, pl- since I played it. I mean, years. I think I was in high school last time I played it. Really? I think so. Um, I think I got it on the, they had like a, you can get the trilogy on the Xbox 360. And that's when I played it. And I don't even think, I don't even know if I've ever beaten the That's third one. That's when I bought it the second or third time. <laughs> I've beaten this, the first and second game. I don't know if I've ever beaten the third one, to be honest with you. Why? What? I don't know. Do I just think... don't think I ever beat it. At least if I have, I have no clue what happened. Like, I'm actually kind really? of playing this almost like, it's been so long I kind of forgot everything's happened. I'm almost, happened. I'm almost yeah. playing this like, I remember some things, especially as, a, like cool. one, I remembered some things. I don't remember anything right now of two, except for the one companion the the jack companion the yeah. convict that you yeah. get from the because i remember i played the demo for that okay um so that just, that just sticks in my head but uh but it's fun i'm enjoying it and like i'll, I'll continue to play it through the semester and, and make my way through it i like those games a lot so good solid sci-fi now you're making me want to play through it again yeah, good games man they, they released it when they released the uh the enhanced edition or whatever it oh, is yeah. I, yeah. I got it now they just need to do that with dragon age and i will be okay. pleased dragon age origins at least yeah they would they would probably do them all though. I mean, at least one and two, three is Inquisition is still relatively new and got really True. good. They could they could definitely revamp one and two and resell it on the the newer consoles. They're good games. Yeah. At least I didn't play much of two, but one is really good. Yeah. Oh, did you hear that? Sort of off topic. Did you hear they're doing a remake of Knights of the Old Republic? No. Pretty I don't sure think they're I did. pretty sure that it's announced officially announced that they're doing someone is doing a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. What do you mean someone? You mean like a fan thing? No, 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 like an actual company. Okay. It is an official Star Wars Lucasfilm game. Okay. That someone is... It, I don't. when you say remake, it. it's not like a remaster. I think it's... It might just be a remaster. Okay. I gotta look it up. Which, I mean, that's either, fine. Either I way, do, it just I means being... Yeah, it means being able to play, hopefully, better graphics on yeah, cause a newer console. The f- first... Well, I mean, the second one is... The first one, the second ones, the graphics aren't that much better, but they are better enough. You know, they're good enough. And the com- mechanics, you know, as far as like your party mechanics and how it, your decisions affect your party is more interesting in the second one, I think. Um, but the first one, I think the story, overall story is better. Yeah. yeah no, the char- and the yeah. character you're playing as. No, well. the, I didn't play the second one, but the first one is really good. And this says right here. You didn't play the second one? I have not played the second one yet. I have them both. Well, maybe if they remaster, if they do a remaster of one, they'll remaster two as well because it's definitely worth playing. I, I mean, I, I can get, it. I can even get it on my phone. They have mm-hmm. both Kotor games on the phone, right? Um, and that's where I've, I've been. Pl- I actually am redoing, like, replaying Kotor on my phone and I, slash iPad. Um, I just never got to playing two. Mm-hmm. I just I played one, but I never got to playing two. But this says uh, a full on remake of Knights of the Old, Re- of the Old Republic. And it's huh. going to be fully canonized in Disney's oh. uh, in Disney's new Star Wars galaxy. So it, yeah. that could be sticky. Um, well, because just it's going to be the same game. It's just they're canonizing it now, basically. This is oh. what I'm hearing. They can't change. They can't. They, you know how many people would be so upset? If they I know that's what anything? I'm saying. That's why I'm saying it would. It could be sticky because if they're oh, doing a remake, that means they can, you know, change certain things. And it's not being made by EA. I know that. What? Confirmed on the episode. Made by Ia. Actually, make the original. So confirmed on the episode uh, something that the project was actually a remake of the original game rather than a new title in the saga. Well, like you know, they they re- they remade 
Asper. Uh, Asper is the company working in the game. Aspire. A S P Y R. Okay. I don't know anything about them, but I don't either. The um there's like the Skywalker saga, Lego Star Wars is coming out, which is gonna have the first three games and I'm sure it's gonna be very different than the original um, for the new Skywalker Lego saga? Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Even though it's redoing even though it's covering the same movies, it's remake. It's a remake. It's, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just from that perspective. It to me, it seems like they might, you know, play around with it a little bit. I I don't know. I don't think they I don't shouldn't think they will. There's no need to. They could they could enhance it. I mean, they could do so many. They could make it so much. Better. I think by remake is they're going to keep the story the same, but like re right, just revamp like the they, entirety of the, the. That's what they should do. They yeah, should maybe maybe it, maybe change the gameplay. Kind of like, like um, a more modern role playing game, but it could be similar to like the Final Fantasy VII remake, where it's the same story and everything like that, but they have revamped everything. They even changed the combat in Final Fantasy VII remake. You know where it's more. So they could do something like that. I, technically, I don't know if they will. How, have they changed anything? Anything in the story of Final Fantasy? VII? I mean, I'm sure there's minor minor details, but as far yeah. as I know, it's pretty pretty top. Yeah. You know, right on to with the, but then again, it's the same exact company making that game that's made. Right, that's original. what I was about to think. Is like I, I have more, a little more faith in, um, you know, Square Enix. I don't know. We'll see. I just know it's a thing. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I try to be positive. I guess I, when it comes to Disney and Star Wars, I can be a little pessimistic. But no, I'm with you. I am excited about the Skywalker Saga too. By the way, though. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I love the Lego too. games. So I'm excited. They just released a new trailer. Yeah, I saw it. And it looks, yeah. it looks pretty good. Looks good, yeah. So I'm excited for that. But anyway, that's that's pretty much it for me. I mean, yeah. that's other things here and there, but I'm watching a lot of YouTube as always. Otherwise, though, that's it. Cool. Well. What have you been up to? I finished a book. Yes, you have. We both I, finished a book. I finished a Brandon Sanderson book. We both finished Brandon Sanderson. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, the second Mistborn book. The Well of Ascension. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I finished it last night. <laughs> so, I, know, I knew you did when you texted you text me this morning saying, oh my gosh, or something like that. And I was like, okay, he finished it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, so I'm... It's a little fresh. A little raw. Mm, uh, a lot happens in the end that one. A lot happens. There's so many twists at the very end. I mean, there is a full-on Sandra Lanch. Uh, um, oh, just wait. It happens again in the third one. A lot happens really? in the third A lot of weird twists happen in the third one. But it, a lot of twists that bring everything together. Okay. It's, he did a magnificent he a wrap, job. Wrap up the trilogy and everything. Yeah, he did a he did a fantastic job with that. The Mistborn trilogy. Know. But um, I don't know. I want to talk about more. I don't think if I start talking about it now, though, I'll just we're just gonna keep going. It'll be spoilery and maybe um, maybe we'll do a spoiler. Do like a mis theories. I, I I mean I definitely bridge of Mistborn would like to episode. theorize with you. For the next book, okay, to tell you like what I think might happen. Maybe, or... maybe, maybe look, take sure. a look. Uh, everyone, look out for the next Bridge of Theories episode. Maybe it'll be about Mistborn, Well of Ascension. You heard it here first. Bridge of Mistborns. Bridge of Mistborn theories. <laughs> you get a I like mumble that. Yeah, I had a little <laughs> stroke there. Um, oh no, I haven't learned that yet. Don't do that. <laughs> I need my B twelve. Is that how that works? Is B12 help with strokes? <laughs> I don't think potassium does either. <laughs> I was just saying that because our the energy drink we we had last time was uh, had a bunch of B12 and it ran like four thousand percent your daily value. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, oh yeah. We're probably do up for our next. I like I like to do callbacks. <laughs> you know, I'm like Brandon Sanderson. Like oh to... gosh. 
Brandon Sanders will be doing callbacks for the next 30 years and this true. Me. Yeah, there's going to be... Oh, my gosh. The last... The guy. Oh, what a guy. Can't talk about it. Can't even talk about him. He's a good man. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, I read that. That was crazy. Great book. I highly recommend the Mistborn series. Uh, if you, if you've been at all interested in the Way of Kings or thought it sounded interesting, but you're like, uh, it sounds too big. The Mistborn books are smaller. And one thing I thought was cool about the Mistborn, the way he does Mistborn. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a character arc. For all three books. I mean, obviously there's a character arc for all three books. Throughout all... Covering all three books for the characters. But there is a... There's a definitive ending to each book. There's a definitive character moment um, in each book. And whereas, you know, sometimes Brandon Sanderson for the, the, Wave, the Stormlight Archive will kind of... Some characters will kind of get uh, uh, their character arc teased, teed up or teased up. And then it'll fulfill in the next book. I will say though, the he, Kaladin, does, for example, he does do a good job though of kind of each, despite it being like say like a trilogy or a ten book series, each book in that series has its own kind of set storyline. Yeah, that's under the overarching storyline, right. and each kind of book does hit its oh absolutely storyline. So like the first Mistborn book has a storyline, and that storyline's hit, and then it opens up for the second book. Now the second book kind of ends in a way where it has a definitive ending. But like you, you, it, it's a hundred percent guarantee. There's more to it, and right? You, and so you have to read the third book, and that's kind of how it is with the storyline stuff. Even, but they all have like whatever storyline they were kind of each book was following. You have a definitive ending, pretty much mm -hmm. to it. You know, it might open up that definitive ending might open up a lot more, but that book has an ending, yeah. which I really like because he's a, that's a it's just a great way because a lot of books, especially when um, when you're reading them as they're coming out, it's kind of hard because some people when they're doing like trilogies or series they'll leave major cliffhangers at the end of books and it gets really annoying. Mm. And I mean, not like just cliffhangers of like, oh, this could happen, but like something that's an in integral to the story you don't get is an still answer. left right. unanswered and you have to go back to the next book. That's kind of annoying. We're like, Brandon, I don't really get that with Brandon. Now, mind you, everything's a lot of things are opened up and you, you know what, or you know there's going to be more and you, there's obviously yeah. more story there, but that book had like Rhythm of War its storyline for Rhythm of War had a definitive ending. Spoiler. There's um, a definitive ending. That just opened up for more to happen, you know? Yeah. So I'm left wanting to read more books, but I'm not left unsatisfied. Right, with the questions, with most of the questions. I, I think you have to leave some questions unanswered. Uh, because well, for sure. Whenever you have an overarching storyline, but yeah, no, I, you're right. Rhythm of War... And I've just noticed that pretty much all the books that I've read of his is where there's, for the most part, the only one that has kind of is slightly different is, in my opinion, Well of Ascension, where he kind of does leave it, not at a, I don't want to call it a cliffhanger, but like, well, it's kind of something middle, crazy happens. I feel like that happens in middle, middle books, yeah. Middle books, middle movies, mm -hmm. like Empire Strikes Back, you know, like, um. I don't even talk about, man, Empire Strikes Back had a definitive ending. Spoilers. Spoilers. Luke got his hand cut off. They decided they're gonna they're gonna do this. Han Solo I gets mean, trapped, and they decided they're gonna go rescue him. That is a definitive ending. That's <laughs> every single like plot point is 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 like not answered. 
though. What are you talking about? We find out that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yeah, no, there's stuff that happens. Han gets captured by Boba. The stuff that and happens. And gets frozen but, permanent and taken to, to him. They have a they set well, up a whole new story arc in the third movie that we spend the next thirty minutes in the in the third or the sixth movie dealing with. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking. I can't either. I can't either at this point. And also, <laughs> we're in. It's too deep. We're in too I'm deep. trying to think. I, it's hard for me to to think objectively about those movies because I've watched them so much. Where to me, I don't even see them all as separate movies at this point. So right. there is a definitive ending to those movies. Well, because it's just it's one movie. It's one story. Yeah. Well, you heard it here on the Bridge of Two podcast. Uh, <laughs> So watch Star Wars. Watch Star Wars. <laughs> Make your own decisions. Does Empire Strikes Back have a cliffhanger or a definitive ending or both? Is Empire Strikes Back the middle movie in a trilogy or is it the middle chapter of one movie? Or is it the middle movie oh. in an entire saga of nine movies? Is it about is it a actually setting up because if you think about Ray it, Palpatine. Well, if you think about it, I mean Skywalker. Oops. Epi- <laughs> episode spoilers made a lot of people mad. Episode five is both the is the middle of the original trilogy, but it's also the middle of the entire saga. We have one, two, three, four. You know what they say five, about middle children? Six seventy nine. They're the best. I'm a middle child. Watch your uh, mouth. Sorry, <laughs> my wife. My wife's a middle child. They're they're awesome. Um. Yeah, so that's the big one. I finished, without getting too deep, I finished Loki, the Loki show. Was it good? It was good. I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, I felt a little mixed on the finale. The finale, to me, felt like they had to make some kind of change. Maybe because of film. Maybe they weren't able to film as much as many episodes as they'd planned because of COVID. COVID. Like, something felt weird about how they ended it. Um, there was kind of a monologue. Yeah, I don't. This it's not supposed to say. There's kind of a, a certain character kind of gives a monologue that gives a whole bunch of explanation. For there, there, there's a whole bunch of really interesting mystery stuff throughout the show set up. Like who created this organization? What, you know what? Who's controlling this? Who's pulling the strings? All this stuff, and and it gets more and more crazy and interesting the further you go into the show. So like it gets more and more. Hmm. It gets better and better, and then you get to this um, explanation. The last episode gives you an explanation for everything, and it just didn't feel like a satisfying way of all that being fulfilled, those questions being answered, Hmm. because it was just kind of like a conversation, and it was really long. Um, So I don't know. It felt weird how they did that. Then then they finished off the that episode, and and it ended in a more interesting way. So overall, I, I liked it, but I just was kind of not sure what was why the, that last episode felt that way. Hmm. Um, it's my thoughts on that. It's I think it's worth watching though, and I think I think you might. I know you're not a big Marvel person, but you might enjoy it because of the way they're doing stuff with time travel and timelines, and maybe little, I'll check it out. Little side, and I will say Marvel. Thing. Some of the new Marvel movies that are coming out look pretty interesting too. They look like they're going a little bit different with it, so I'm intrigued. Well, yeah, they're doing do a, a lot of it's gonna be multiverse stuff, you know, which is dope. Yeah, Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home actually looks pretty good too. Did you see it? The trailer? Yeah, with Doc Ock coming. Freaking Doc Ock, <laughs> and uh, the 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 uh, Green Goblin little bomb. Mm-hmm. 
That makes me want to watch those movies again. The original. Spider-Man I know. Maybe same. So they're so they're so cheesy. But they're so good. But they're so. It's like it's that's the 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 tone. They're tonally cheesy. They're meant to be. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the action in those movies are so. Oh good. man, you know what's a good game? The PS4 Spider-Man game. I know a it lot is, of people. I've heard that was a record. That, that is. Was really I, good. I played it. I needed. Oh man, when I first started working at the hospital before I started working with Evac. Mm. Um, when I was staying at the Grace's house, um, oh. I they had it on the streaming service on the PS4, so I got it and I like blasted through it. It's a fun game. Yeah, I mean that felt like playing Spider Man. That was a good game. Yeah, I haven't I heard, played the new one, but I, I I saw a lot of stuff from it, and I yeah I heard it was really good, and it's definitely one I want to play someday. I just don't know when I'll have a PS4. You Maybe know. one day I'll let you borrow my PS4 for a little bit. Uh-huh. Like during school when I'm busy. I'll let yeah. you borrow it for like a couple weeks and you can try and play through it. I, ha- I have that streaming service, so. Oh, oh, with PlayStation Now or whatever. Yeah. Sweet. I'm going to play Spider-Man. There you go. It's a good game, I'm telling you. I kind of want to play the second one. We'll do a Spider-Man episode. Yeah. It makes it, you know what, you know what, um. Marvel actually just released a new game on the phone literally yesterday okay. and it is like it is an MMO but it's like a Marvel MMO kind of um but you get to play as like Spider-Man or Captain America kind of reminds me of the old to an extent the old um Ultimate Alliance games is that what they are yeah um like a overhead mm-hmm. third person and it's more of like instead of like a button mashing you press a button and it'll attack and you do your skills mm-hmm. it's fun um but I was playing that uh last night before going to bed, and it made me want to go back and read some of the old Marvel comics. Okay. I used to like, I did like, believe it or not, as much as I'm not liking Marvel much anymore, I more don't like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as much. Mm. I enjoy a lot of the com- the comics. The Secret Invasion storyline is really cool. Um, my dad's favorite superhero, at least used to be Spider-Man. I don't know if it still is, but it used to be Spider-Man. I mean, we have like two, we have at least one, maybe two, two-inch binders full of old uh, spider-man comics okay. in the closet i mean of like i think seven two-inch binders full oh, wow. of just comics some of them are really old some of them are newer i'm uh-huh. um, just sitting up in the closet at my parents house wow some star wars marvel dc i mean because my dad used to be a big big comic book fan as a kid yeah. and so he has a lot my from his childhood was, that's cool yeah my dad was too but i think I, oh, I think his mom sold all his comics at like a yard sale i'm surprised actually if, <laughs> when I, if I don't the grab door. them my mom will probably try and sell them soon. Like he went to college, and when he came back, his mom would sell. Oh, that's so disappointing. Um, but yeah, finished Bad Batch too. I, uh, not much to say because I know I want to. No, no spoilers for me. Well, I mean, we we would need to. It would need to have its own episode anyway. Yeah, I, I heard a lot. Ha- I heard they're trying to. I've seen some spoilers, and it looks like they're really trying to branch out into some interesting things from yeah. Legends. It sounds like it. Yeah, from what I can tell, what I've heard people say, I haven't read a whole bunch of the Legends, but. It sounds like they are dipping into some really interesting possible storylines, and it could be, and it could be signaling, you know, where some of the other shows could go. Maybe they might cover some of the same stuff. Um, could be really cool. So, it was definitely a good show. I, mean, I, I definitely, I mean, very strong for a first season of a show. Oh, we're we're gonna finish it. I like the episodes. We just haven't. My wife and I are watching Downton Abbey, so. <laughs> my non-nerdy thing to watch um and my wife wants to finish it before we start anything else so once we finish that 
Just I'll imagine. Just batch. imagine that one of the people in there is Hoyd. I already know. I already can already tell you which character it would be. Who? Have you ever watched it? I've watched the first three seasons. Uh, Branson. Tom. Tom Branson. Is Branson the one? He marries Sybil. He's the chauffeur that marries Sybil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He would he's, be. He's Hoyd. I'd he's see him as Hoyd for sure. Because he acts. He's so different than everybody else in the story. Yeah. He's too involved though. He needs to be like this character that's just always in the background. Okay, he needs to be like the but like the butler or something. Everyone in that show is involved. He just seems the most because well, Hoyd's more involved now in Stormlight. You're you're right. That's true. But here's the thing: Tom leaves in the fifth season, and then he comes back in the sixth season. So he's he traveled uh, somewhere else. He go? did some world hopping to America, um, and then back to. So he's the Hoyd. I'm telling the you. Hoyd. <laughs> okay. He's getting into people's lives. He's he's. Causing people to change their minds on things. Oh, is he... Yeah, is he, like, telling them stories that make them have breakthroughs in their character progression? Kind of. Okay. Well, he, like... You gotta think, he was he was the chauffeur that ran away with the, the one of the daughters of the rich people. Yeah. Um, got her to completely change her life for him. Then they came back, lived with them. Then he ended up joining their society, but he taught them of other society, of his other society, and his and his viewpoints on things. Oh, just, just saying, if if one character fits the Hoy personality, it's him. Except he's not in the background all the time, but he used to be. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> that was a weird little. <laughs> anyway, well, we should we break? Yeah, let's break, let's do it. and then uh, we'll be back. All right, do it. Do it. Are we live? We're live. Oh, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> as live as this gets. What just opened, you ask? Death in a can. We thought we'd go, you know, super generic, local, and uh, very <laughs> low, um, extremely local, like yeah, very small business. And mm-hmm. we got uh, Coca-Cola with coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I saw these when I was in Publix, and the thing about buying like canned coffee, like buying like a coffee drink, a lot of times they already have like cream and stuff in it, so mm. already has dairy in it. I'm trying to try to avoid dairy. So the idea of a soda that instead of creamer that had just like a soda. coffee flavor that tasted good, and I was also like looking for something that would be you know give me some energy for when I'm writing, and I tried one. So I thought I got a flavor I haven't tried, and I got you a zero sugar one. Mm, it's from it's coffee from Brazilian coffee beans. Oh yeah, it is. Yes, I got the zero sugar Amazing. vanilla with coffee. I'll be interested to hear what you think because I, I I think it'll be you know obviously zero sugar is going to be slightly different, but it smells good. Great Coca Cola taste blended with rich luxurious coffee yeah so you picked up though the vanilla mm-hmm. mine's caramel so it's coca-cola with coffee and it's supposed to have some caramel flavor hmm. good way it is it's weird it is weird in a good way it doesn't have what do you think of the balance like it's it's between the flavors it's good like it's interesting i'm not a big coke fan anymore uh-huh i'm not i'm not either like i don't drink coke that much i don't drink soda that much but i like coke and I like coffee, and I think it's better than the sun. It's better than just Coke. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I do like the the aftertaste is very coffee. smooth and coffee mm-hmm. and like vanilla. That's what's really interesting. Like mm-hmm. it on the front, it really tastes like soda. It really tastes like a Coke, and then 
and then after the aftertaste is very, very coffee. coffee and yeah. it's like it's I good. Like it. I'm about it. I wouldn't like drink it regularly, but I I mean I would definitely like if it was like I there would. or if I could get it like if I was at a gas station like I need coffee. I mean I can pick it up. There although we know that my if I'm gonna get something from a gas station it's gonna be my stormlight. That's true. Your monster. What, what's your monster? Okay. I was gonna say Rockstar. Sorry. The the zero sugar monsters. Yes. I don't like the regular monsters, they taste Zero sugar stormlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a stormlight diet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, buy Coke with coffee. It's yum. <laughs> don't support. We don't support Coke, Cola. I mean, I, I gave him money, so I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we do support him. I voted hey, go, go ahead and buy Coca Cola coffee. Why not? <laughs> buy local. <laughs> <laughs> buy at your local Publix. Support your local Publix by buying Coke with coffee. All right. So, Rhythm of War. This is your warning now. This is your final warning. Spoilers. If you have not read it and you care about spoilers, you might want to turn this off for the rest of the episode. If you don't care about spoilers, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) Because it was an crazy emotional roller coaster of a ride for me starting right out did you cry at any point i'm a preface or are you I'm, a I'm pre- heartless I'm, monster I'm prefacing this with it i am a man not, um um <laughs> i'm a man i do not cry no um i almost did i don't cry oh word. i don't usually cry during things i can get teary-eyed um a good example is every time I watch the ending of episode three of Star Wars, I get teary-eyed. Um, but I don't think I've ever really, like, cried during a movie or a book. Mm. Um, you just haven't cried being, enough. That being said, I got very teary-eyed at a couple different spots in the book. We can talk about those later. Oh. Maybe. I almost I was reading it with Steph the other or last night and mm. even then I I was still getting almost like, got choked s- up almost got choked up like reading it <laughs> reading uh Kaladin or Kaladin yeah so, I do like the the the, the dog and, and the dragon story too the ending just because just what Wit says it's very it hits close to home I'm sure for a lot of people so you know what I think yeah I think you're right I've definitely seen that all over the place and um, some cool stuff and I want to look it up real quick and read it just the end of it I can grab it out of the book I know what chapter it's on if you'd rather read it out straight out of the book oh, that's fine yourselves, Josh. so <laughs> how did you know one of my personalities is Shalon <laughs> I can just tell by the way you walk <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> alright hold up let me find it chapter 80 that is not chapter 80 I might be a little bit too far. The dog and the dragon. So, yeah, so pref- I'll preface it by saying in every Stormlight book, um, pretty much Hoyd tells a story. And most of the time, it's at a point where a character's kind of confused or like just not sure what to do. They're, they need a little more uh, clarity. And Hoyd will come along and he'll tell a story that seems to be completely just out of left field, not related at all. And then as the story continues, you'll realize it's super relevant. 
Um, I feel like his in his late in these later books, his stories have been more relevant and more far more specific relevant. to the character. Well, it seems like he's but, been coming um, in specifically to the characters, telling them a story to help the character. Right. This one is the one that seems very most. I mean, minus the Shalon situation with Wit, and I think the second or third book, I think it was the third one. This one is very explicitly here too. He's here to help Kaladin. Yeah, I mean, full on. There's no way around that. I still don't understand how. Like he can't. He's basically like Calvin's dreaming, mm-hmm. and so Calvin has been having these nightmares, partially because well he's just seen a lot. He's depressed, but o- Odium and Moash, or specifically Odium, is somehow sending like nightmares to him. They're they're making it so that whenever he sleeps, he can't get any rest, and 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 just to try to drive him even further to the brink. You know, I wonder because because so somehow. But in, in the middle of that, somehow, Hoyd is, shows up in one of those nightmares and gives Kaladin uh, kind of a, a brief rest or whatever. So, him. just thinking on this, because it's pretty heavily inferred. I don't know if it's said explicitly, but it's inferred that he's on, the nightmare's on Bray's, or oh. Bray's, or whatever. Is that what it... Is that what was happening? I'm pretty I can't sure. Remember. He, I'm pretty sure. I, I, it's still stated as a nightmare, but what if like it's almost like a nightmare where like because we know different cognitive shadows stuff like that. What if it's almost like a, a, I'm gonna use a, a more earthly term, but like a, like almost a form of astral projection mm. um, that is being forced upon Kaladin and onto Berets, and that's mm. how because you notice it's not just Wit that's there. His friend is there too, right. and that's weird for both. I mean, Wit does weird, crazy things, but for his friend to also be in Kaladin's nightmare. Yeah. Is weird. What if it's almost like a thing of like... Well, and his spren is full, is like a... Is full. Uh, yeah, it's it's like the, how they appear in the in the cognitive realm. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe it is some form of like... Almost like maybe like some weird form of like a cognitive shadow that's being... Like that mm. Cal is being forced into or out of his own body. Almost like astral projection onto Braze or onto maybe the, the um, spiritual... What, not the spiritual... Cognitive realm of Braze. Right. Um, and then Wit has somehow showed up there as well with his friend. Maybe. I don't know. That's just something else. Yeah. About yeah. yeah. But, um, cause I didn't really think about that now or either until just now. Well, yeah. So the end of the, st- read, read the, so Kaladin's dealing with depression throughout all the books, but he, it's really kind of, he's forced to face it in this book really heavily. Yeah. And, uh, so he's dealing with it now and he's once again, like Josh prefaced, you know, he's, kind of in this moment in this moment he's almost forced into like this nightmare he was brought out he, he ran out into the storm he's pretty much beaten up beaten down he's lost sill for a time being um and he is just getting just absolutely just battered and so wit almost like forms this weird bubble of light and gives kaladin rest you know and kaladin asks for a story and so in normal wit fashion he acts weird and says a weird or gives a weird story that doesn't seem to have much meaning at first until you read more into it and so i'll start i'll start right here um, at the, pretty much at the end of the story, and says Calden folded his arms and sat, wit playing games, uh, wit playing games again. Couldn't he ever be clear? Couldn't he ever say what he meant? Any meaning, wit said softly, is for you to assign, Calden. I merely tell the stories. Have you finished your stew? Calden realized he had. He'd eaten the entire bowl while listening. I can't keep this bubble up much longer. I'm afraid, wit said. He'll notice if I do, and then he'll destroy me. I have violated our agreement, which exposes me to his direct action. I'd rather not be killed, as I have seven more people I wanted to insult today. Cowden nodded, standing up again. He realized that somehow the story fired him up. He felt stronger, less for the words and more for how, he'd, how annoyed he'd grown at wit. 
a little light, a little warmth, a little fire, and he felt ready to walk out in the winds again. Yet he knew the darkness would return. It always did. Can you tell me the real ending? Calden asked, his voice small. Before I go back out. Wit stood and stepped over, then put his hand on Calden's back and leaned in. That night, he said. The little dog snuggled into a warm bed beside the fire, hugged by the farmer's children, his belly full, and as he did, the dog thought to himself, I doubt any dragon ever had it so good anyway. He smiled and met Calden's eyes. It won't be like that for me, Calden said. You told me it would go it would get worse. It will, Wit said, but then it will get better. Then it will get worse again, then better. This is life, and I will not lie by saying every day will be the sunshine, but there will be sunshine again, and that is a very different thing to say. That is truth. I promise you, Caledon, you will be warm again. Caledon mm. nodded in thanks, then turned to the hateful winds. He felt a push against his back as wit sent him forward, then the light vanished along with all it contained. Mm. So, wow, so that was... L- Hoyd was pulling him into some, like, bubble. I f- mm-hmm. forgot that. So it definitely wasn't, like showing up in his dream necessarily but um man i just love that so much things there there will not always be sunshine but there will be sunshine again you know you will be warm again that's what you know people need to hear that's what that's one of the things whenever you are depressed when you're in depression like it's one of the hardest things to really remember and mm-hmm. believe that this you know whatever cloud of depression you're under that it just sometimes will feel like that's how it's always going to be. It's, it's never going to never going to stop. It's never going to end. It's always going to be like this. It will. It can. You know. Um, like what so. it says, life is ups and downs. There is right. darkness and there is sunshine. You know. Yeah. But and when you're in the darkness, it's always good to remember there is going to be sunshine again. You know, don't give up. You know, obviously, Calvin's at that point where he feels just utter darkness, right. and Wit is there to remind him, like always, there is sunshine again, and you will feel that warmth of the sunshine again. Just hold fast in this time being. Good stuff. Good stuff. There's more. I mean, read, read if you haven't read it. Read Rhythm of War, but also just read that story. That whole dog and or dragon and the dog story is a really good one. It's fun. Yeah. That whole chapter of Wit is really fun. His that's kind of like your first really interaction with him and his friend too. Yeah. Um, and they're hilarious. Their dynamic is funny because Hoyd's always making jokes and insulting people, and then this his friend is. Insulting him. <laughs> yeah, the sprint is basically insulting him or throwing him off his comedic timing because it's it's like asking him, like, wait, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he's like, shut up, you know. She's spoiling so, stories and everything like it's that. It's great. He's great. Yeah. It's, it, they're both great together. Um, so that's just, that's such a good, I don't know, that, that, that chapter definitely, like, teared me up a little bit. Mm. You know, and just, being someone who I'm not gonna say I've dealt with depression, but has like definitely had some pretty down times in my past, you know. It um, you know, it hits you hard. You know, you kind of you kind of hear it and are reminded of it, you know. Yeah. And I think Brandon Sanderson does such a good job of writing in characters with with real world issues yeah, like that. Sure. You know, it makes the book feel more real, even though we're in a sci-fi fantasy. The realm. stakes, it you know, it's a form of you know, <clears throat> the stakes aren't just. Will Kaladin survive in the in Urethiru, or you know, will Shallan and Adolin be able to, you know, convince the Honor Spren to help them? It's will Shallan succumb to this other personality? Will Kaladin succumb to depression? You know, it's there's this inner, very very real, very intense inner conflict that, in some ways, you're more 
you're more worried about the inner conflict than you are the external one. You know, you are worried about the external one, but when you see, see Kaladin, you know, just at the end of his uh, rope at certain times, and that early on in the book, whenever Moash finds him in the in um, his hometown, and mm. he's in the basement, and Moash is basically to telling him to kill himself, um, and he's describing it in such a de- intimately detailed way of 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 like how Kaladin feels and his depression and how this is this you'll just cease existing and that's what you really want because Moash has decided nobody can kill him only he can kill himself uh, and that's the only way to get rid of him and uh, but yeah that was that's super chilling that was a super chilling thing to read mm. um, just how 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 real that struggle was for Kaladin. I was just like, oh my word, you know, this he's really he's really getting through to Kaladin in a bad way here, um, you know. So that was a very that storyline was very crazy to read in the, the book. And then and then just to go further, you know, Kaladin obviously throughout all the books, Kaladin's dealing with depression, dealing with failure. You know, he's he's made this goal of I must protect. You know, starting with Tien, I must protect these people that I love, yeah. and he's. To, in his mind, he's failed at every single corner, even though he's saved a lot of people, a lot of Bridge Four still alive and everything like that, you know, but he still struggles so much with it. And it, this book, it just, you know, obviously in this book, you know, Dalinar even relieves him of duty. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. the High Marshal and Dalinar's like, son, you need to stop. You know, really after that fight with Moash, with, with that whole thing, Kaladin had another, you know, thing. Kaladin's been struggling with sleeping. It's a big, yeah. big plot line with Kaladin in this book. Actually, a lot of the book deals with Kaladin's inner turmoil. A lot of this book, Kaladin, um, Kaladin's storyline in this book is inner turmoil. Inner turmoil. Yeah. Um, like most books, but it seems like more heavily in this one. Um, but, you, you know, it's just that inner struggle that he's dealing with throughout the book is is interesting to read. And what's so... What I like so much about this book compared to like even the other ones, and especially with Kaladin's story... Because Kaladin's probably one of my favorite characters in the in all of Cosmere, actually. Mm. Um, I like Vasher too, but it's what I like a lot about how Brandon Sanderson wrote this is, and this is this is heavy spoilers for other parts that almost made me cry in the book that I'm gonna go and bring up now. Okay. Um, I mean, you get to a point where Moash comes back in, he's in the tower, Kaladin's parents are in the infirmary with the other uh, radiants that are yeah. down. Um, Lift and Teft are going in there to go wake the Radiance and get them out of the tower. And you have Moash Mo in there hiding. And he comes in and it becomes this fight where actually Lift loses like two of her legs, both her legs, just like mm. that. I mean, I'm sure she heals herself later on when the tower turns back on. I don't yeah. remember. But, you know, she lost her legs, so you're doing with that. And Moash is just ready to kill all these Radiance. Because they just figured out, did he have the dagger at that point? Yes, he had the dagger at that point. So, yeah, that was they, they, they're, Navani's storyline. Navani's storyline, which we'll get into, but long story short, they end up finding a way to kill Sprint. Yeah. Which normally you couldn't kill Sprint. You can kill their, their Radiant, but and they would, in a sense, die. But no. they weren't dead. They were just became dead eyes. But they actually found a way to make Sprint cease to exist by using a different... It, it, Navani's storyline is very scientific. That's a whole three podcasts in itself, her storyline yeah. in this book. I'm just going to... We'll, we'll hint at the it, but we'll, we'll have to go over that because there's a lot of science and yeah, my my gosh, this man is insane. But uh, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Uh, I'm reading this. And I'm like, gosh, this is harder than what I'm learning in school right now. <laughs> Tower light, life light, void um, light. But so yeah, that's a that's a thing. And so you have Teft now. That's like I'm going to protect these people. I need to you know save time for Kaladin and everything. I need to get these people out of here. And 
So he's fighting Moash, and as much as I love Tef, Moash is a little bit more overpowered than Teft is. Um, and long story short, Teft, I mean, Moash first separate finds his Spren, kills Teft's Spren, and then proceeds to kill Teft. Which Teft has been there from the beginning. This one hit yeah. hard because Teft is a great character. He's always been that backbone for Kaladin. And Teft was Teft was very so. So what's going on in the tower with the reason all the radiants are asleep and all this stuff is because there's this tower that's somewhat alive. It was created by, um, I think Honor. It was created by someone, Honor or something like that, in order to be a play the the headquarters of the Knights Radiant, and it has. It had powers to dampen. It had like the ability to dampen the powers of Odium. Odium, but they reversed it once they got in control of the tower. The Voidbringers reversed it so that they could, or the the fused, reversed it so that they could dampen the powers of the Radiant. So anyone, any Radiant that was in the tower that was below a certain level of progression in their oaths was just knocked unconscious. I think the only two that weren't. Were Kaladin because he was strong enough in his O's. Kaladin was very close to the fourth. Very close idea. to the fourth ideal. And then Lyft, who that just has to do with the fact that she doesn't even use Stormlight really. She uses yeah, Life she, Light. She's from yeah, cultivation create, yeah. like gave her her powers. Which so is she, a whole other thing. So it doesn't she's not a she's in some ways she's a yeah, she's She's a radiant, weird. but in some ways she's different. Yeah. And so the 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 effects didn't affect her, her like it did her, the other radiant. Well, I think I think she's actually really close to her fourth ideal too. That's true. Yeah, probably. I think that's right. what it was, uh part of it too because I was her just powers as... were dampened. They just weren't. See, but I assumed it was she was also stoic because of the cuz I think that was part of it, but I think part of it. But yeah, I mean she was, I'm sure she's she close is close to the fourth, to fourth ideal. ideal. Anyway, so yeah, that was how, so all of them were unconscious. And actually, and that brings me back to another point of, of like, Kaladin gave up his family to protect Teft because Teft was unconscious. You had the Fused come in to come find unconscious Radiance. They found Teft in the infirmary. Liren, mm. uh, Kaladin's father, didn't want him to, to fight, and Kaladin said, I'm not going to just let them take Teft. I don't know what they're going to do. They might right, kill Teft him. Was unconscious. And so he basically, that's why he, that's how it's going on. That's how it turns into Die Hard and Urethru because yeah. he kills these few, or at least one of the few, lets the other one run and then takes Teft and books it. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, this entire storyline, he's got this character, the pursuer that's following him and wants to kill him because Kaladin managed to kill him. Um, yeah. That's, so that's a, that's a whole other plot point in the story. Yeah. So that's another thing too. So then when you get to this point now where Moash kills Teft, kills First destroys him by killing his spren, which I'm sure is excruciating, and then killing Teft, which was just brutal and sad. But then you have Kaladin, who beat the Pursuer again. Not only beat him, but, like, absolutely just berated him. Yeah. Um, in such a beautiful way. So Kaladin's doing better. He's winning, and he's like, you know, I got this. And then next thing you know, Moash walks out, and or flies out, and then just dumps Teft's body on the floor next to Kaladin. Yeah. And it's like the last... You know, I think Kaladin at that even even when he was fighting the pursuer, even though he was winning, he was pretty much broken. Broken. I feel like they they started describing him, or I don't know if this was after Tef died or before, but they started to describe his eyes were like after. giving off a weird light. After. Okay. So he was. He. he was I like, think at this point he was still saying like, "This is my last stand." Like I don't play. basically. I think when he went into that, he didn't necessarily plan on living. I mean, if he able no, was able to get away, was, sure. No, no, but at this would, point, I don't think he really planned on like getting out of it because he was doing a battle with the pursuer in front of a whole bunch of other the fused like mm -hmm. and his powers are still dampened um but then he has this you know teft you know he beat the pursuers kind of finally winning and everything like that and then you have teft his body just dumped in front of him yeah 
with also Lear and, and Moash brings out Lear as well as father and gives him to a few a, a heavenly fuse, one or a fuse yeah. or something like that. And I mean, if I have never seen a character just break like Kaladin did in that scene, I yeah. mean, just completely shut down. Uh, you know, and yeah, he jumps off the top of the tower, not to save his dad. Well, yeah. So you have this. You have that scene with Tef. He's hugging Tef's body. Dead. And everything like that. And Moash says, don't you dare touch him. Don't kill him. He's broken. You know, we'll see what happens. Basically, either he's going to join Odium to get rid of the pain like I did, Moash did, or he's going to kill himself in a right. sense. And it gets to the point where I think the Pursuer finally is just like, screw this, I'm going to do it. And he walks up and Kaladin just absolutely obliterates him. And like one of the, I think Venley is, is from her perspective. It, sh- it says that she, she sees that like this weird glowing, almost like void light yeah. shining in his eyes. Like, Kaladin is lost in this moment. Mm. And then you get to the scene where he's chasing the fused up the tower. Um, the fused, one of the fused who has Kaladin's father. And chases him up to the tower, and the fused does something, and he drops Kaladin's father over the edge. Off and Kaladin tower, yeah. runs to the edge, and there's a, just a, there's just a, that couple sentences there where Kaladin just goes, I remember this, I was here uh, once before, reminding, remembering the cliff and Way mm-hmm. of Kings. And, and then it, the last sentence of that chapter is, this time he jumped. Yep. Which was, I mean, and if you understand the relevance of that from reading The Way of Kings, this was Kaladin breaking. This Kaladin was full, fully like, I am broken, I am done, I am killing, I am jumping off this cliff. Yeah, that was the moment where he, he said, I can't do this anymore. He, he had the, he was, in the first, in the first book, um, he, can't, he walked up to the edge of this chasm. They called it the honor chasm because um, bridgemen that were slaves and just had horrible lives would go and jump into this chasm and they called it an honor ca- honor chasm as if that was the most honorable thing they could do. Um, and right at the moment he was about to do it, Sil came, she gave him the, uh, gave him the courage or whatever to try to save bridge four. So then you have this moment where he's trying to save everybody. Everything's falling apart. Teft's dead. He couldn't save, you know, Teft. And now he, he can't even save his father. He doesn't, he doesn't have his powers. Uh, ba- basically, he only has like a few of his powers. He can't fly. So when he jumps off the tower, he's not thinking. He doesn't have a plan. He's yeah. Given, he's not he's thinking, giving up. Yeah, he's not thinking. I'm gonna be able to get my powers back and fly away. He's literally. This is the point where he he broke. Kaladin yeah. broke here, and that's I love. That's what I really like about the storytelling of this book was, he wrote a character, a main character who's been a main character for the past four, three books, four books now, who, every book he's had struggles, but he's always come out on top before he hit that breaking point like he kind of got he kind of got in that crest then then got there this is the scene where kaladin officially broke i mean like and i know there's there was no one there to pick him up and there's more there's a little bit more i mean you know you get a couple pages later on and something else happens we'll go into which is the other part where i almost cried but kaladin in this moment broke he was i'm done i'm jumping off this cliff you know and if what happened next didn't happen we would we would be one Kaladin short. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, that would not be, I wouldn't, I don't know if I could keep reading after that. I know. Um, but you know, thank, so this is a spoiler podcast, so we'll just say, we won't, it's, we won't, all spo- it's all spoilers. We so won't leave you it. into, in the most dark part of the, so it, it goes from the, which is an awesome thing to go from like the lowest to then, um, Dalinar is, Ha, is alerted by the storm. There's a storm. Uh, a storm approaching. Um, was the storm happening during this? Is the storm okay, going no. happening in Urethru? High it's storm. The okay. high storm. And this is one of those high storms that's actually enveloping the entirety of the tower. 
Okay. Remember, it actually says it actually went up high enough to where, like, it was hitting the tower. Because normally they don't get up that high. Mm -hmm. But this one was. And so then, yeah, you have Dalinar flying. And so, yeah, he's, uh, so he's, the Stormfather tells him, basically, uh, I can see that uh, Kaladin has made his last trip into the storm, basically. And uh, Dalinar's like, nah, nope, not that easily. Oh, yeah, he's just like, show me, you know. So, yeah, so Dalinar figures out, some, kind of kind of uh, understands a little bit more about some of his abilities in this moment. He He's a bondsmith. He can um, connect. He, he deals with connections. And um, he can he is able to connect Kaladin to a vision the same way the Stormfather connected him to a vision in the earlier books. With honor. And so... While uh, Calvin's fa falling, he's able to be slowed slowed down, and he's in like a weird like in between realm. In between realm, whenever the storm like st whenever uh, spheres, whenever the spheres get infused, there's this time that it's like in between realms, and so time passes slowly there. So, so Dalinar is able to give him this vision of his little brother, and it's which, mind you, is such a great. That chapter ended great too, where literally, you know, Cal or Dalinar is like talking to Stormfather, and he's just like, you know, and the Stormfather's like, wait, what's happening? And, and Dalinar's like, I'm uniting him. And it's the Stormfather just goes, with what? And that's the end of the chapter. And then you get to Kaladin, who now is in this weird in between realm. Mm. And then he finds out that, oh, this is, you know, Tien's here. His little brother. The whole, the whole reason, you know, kind of the thing that kind of set him off on this whole path. And the reason, the thing he keeps coming back to that he's so depressed about is that he couldn't save Tien. Like, he was, like, the first person. He promised his parents he'd bring Tien home. He swore by the Almighty's tenth name and all this stuff that he'd bring Tien home, and he he couldn't. And so he gets this vision, which here, where he basically gets closure. He he gets to see Tien kind of in the, this that actual moment where Tien died, only when, in instead of Kaladin holding Tien's body... It's like Kaladin is a child, and Tien is fully grown, and Tien's holding him and telling him it's going to be all right. And it's, it's such a Everything good... Everything he needs to hear, basically. It's such a little good chapter, too, because it starts with him in the vision of when Tien dies, that yeah. scenario. And you come to find out that Tien... Because throughout the, the whole entire three books, you kind of are assuming that the, the army sent Tien, who was just supposed to be like a courier or something like that, out with his other ones as basically cannon fodder to get tacked first to help with whatever and that's how yeah. he that's how he died so you're assuming oh the army just amaran's army just sent him out to get killed and that's how he died but then you come to find out that tian actually wasn't initially sent out yeah his another another the courier was and he said i'll go with him and then caldium says why would you go and he says because they have you know Cal they, need, they basically i don't remember exactly what he says but he said they basically needed someone yeah cal yeah Calvin's like uh you know there's no there was no like hope why would you go out there? And Tien's like they needed they needed someone to make them feel brave. You know, like he he went out there to basically do what he always did for Kaladin, which was, and Kaladin was would have his down times and his depress depression depressed times. When Tien and him were together, Tien would always somehow lift him up. He would always encourage him. He'd always make him feel better, even though he's his little brother. He would say something positive, positive spin on something that would just make. Kaladin smile and just lift the lift the shadows. Here it is. I found it real quick. It says, uh, Kaladin speaking here. He says, Tien, why did you do it? You should have stayed safe. And Tien turned to him, then smiled. They would have been alone. They needed someone to help them feel brave. They were slaughtered, Kaladin said. So were you. So it was a, it was good someone was there to help them not feel so alone as it happened. 
You were terrified. I saw your eyes. Of course I was. Tan looked at him as the charge began and the enemy advanced up the hillside. Who wouldn't be afraid? Doesn't change that I needed to be there for them. That remind that just reminded me. I read somewhere a while ago, TN, Brandon Sanderson has said that TN was like forming a bond with a sprint. Oh, what? What would he, I, they needed to be, isn't that, um, town? What, what, what is town, the Herald town? Isn't he, um, th- is that either the Dustbringers or are they the, I don't remember to be honest with you. No, there, well, cause there's an oath, a nice radiant oath that is i will be there for those who need me i wonder if that's what he would have been if he had fully sworn the oaths um that just totally made me think of that because whenever he said that it just sounded like a knight's radiant thing they needed someone to be there for them gosh i'm reading a little bit for this is this is awesome um this is wrong Calden. i said i'm supposed to hold you protect you and you did as i helped you he pulled Calden tight why do we fight cal why do we keep going i don't know Calden whispered i've forgotten it's so we can be with each other. They all die, Tian. Everyone dies. So they do, don't they? That means it doesn't matter, Calden said. None of it matters. See, that's the wrong way of looking at it. Tian held him tighter. Since we all go to the same place in the end, the moments we spend with each other are the only thing that things that do matter. The times we helped each other. Calden trembled. Look at it, Cal. Tian said softly. See the colors? If you think letting Tef die is a failure, but all the times you supported him are meaningless, then no wonder it always hurts. Instead, of you, instead if you think of how lucky you both were to be able to help each other, when you were together, well, it looks a lot nicer, doesn't it? That's that's good stuff. And obviously, this is that's all leading awesome. up to eventually Cal. Next couple paragraphs leading to him saying his fourth ideal, which go ahead and read it. He's talking with Sil. He says I accept besides, that there are those that I cannot save. Yeah. He says besides, he whispered, "I know the words. Say them." Tan whispered, "I have always known these words. Say it, lad. Do it." I accept it, Stormfather. I accept that there will be those I cannot protect. Yeah, so what's happening in this scene, whenever Dalinar connects him to Tian, he's, he's like a spiritual realm. He's connecting him to the spiritual realm. So he really is in some some form connecting with Tian, and Tef's voice is there too, mm-hmm. telling him part. to say the fourth oath. So that's kind of, that was kind of an uplifting thing too, to hear Tef cheering him on, Tian's cheering him on. Um, so, and, and he says that. So when he as he's falling, from it goes from him at his lowest moment, to just like skyrocketing to his his highest moment in a way. Well, that's the thing is I don't even know if I would consider that his highest moment. No, I mean he said his fourth ideal, but I mean you gotta you gotta accept you gotta he he isn't he's saying his fourth ideal, but his fourth ideal is like basically what's happening now is he's not jumping to his highest moment, but he's accepting that he has low moments. You know, he's accepting that he cannot save everybody. Yeah, but he's going to accept that that's okay. Um, and so even that, even after the chapter, like later on, he even talks about like I'm not. You know, someone says, like, Calden, you're back. The High Marshal's right. back. He's like, I'm not back. I'm not, I cannot keep doing, you know, what I've done. I can just, ex- I accept now that, the, that there are things that are going to happen. So it's almost like maybe instead of, instead of being his highest moment, he, he, in some ways, he got closer or he removed the cap. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he was always going to be capped on, on his, on how, you know, encouraged or happy or content or anything he could be because he always had this baggage of, I wasn't enough. I didn't do good enough. I couldn't save everybody. But now that he can accept that, he or he's he's going to strive to live up to the oath to accept that. That kind of gives him a higher cap because if you can accept that, you can't always you don't you're not always going to be able to save everybody. You, there's some people you can't save. Looking at you, Moash. Um, <laughs> then, then you can get 
you can get up to a, a more contented place, a better place. You can not let things just continually trip over the same things and get dragged drag down. So definitely a huge moment for him. Um, but I do want to say Stone Ward. I think Tien would have been a Stone Ward. Oh, that's the, upsetting that he died. The Stone, it, it's like Elokar. Um, oh, Elokar. The Stone Ward's oaths are, I will be there when I'm needed. Uh, Stoneward oaths focus on team dynamics, on learning to work with others, and on being there for those who need them. They put huh. the interest of others before their own and will not bend their ideals for the sake of convenience. That is TN. To a T. Isn't? <laughs> to a TN. <laughs> what? Isn't Venley becoming a Stoneward? No. She's a uh, will shaper, which is I will seek freedom, I think. Oh. Yeah. Who is. Uh, do we have you seen a stone, Stoneward yet? We haven't seen like a main character Stoneward. Like Talon, obviously, is a Stoneward. Mm. Which you know what's cool about that? Isn't that in this book too? What? Or is that in Oathbringer? Whenever Talon is talking to was it one of the other heralds, Ash, and she's like expecting him to hate her, and he's like, he's so happy oh, that they Oath. abandoned him because he's like, you gave them four thousand years, like you gave them so much time. He was so happy, and she's like, no, 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 you have to hate me, you have to be mad at me. It was Oathbringer. Yeah. Okay, um, that's such a that like that fits with the Stone Wars. Like he he's putting he put the interest of others before before his own. That's why he was able to. Just mm. bear that. So, what did you think about Shallan and Adolin's story, plot line? So I was actually talking about this with someone um, in Crossroads who also read it, and I, I agree with them. I like their plot line. The only thing that kind of upset me is if I don't, I feel like there wasn't enough time spent on it. Yeah, there was like a whole like two acts where they weren't even mentioned. Yeah, that I, that's a, been a common thing I've heard is people, and I didn't really felt think... like it rushed a little bit, or maybe not rushed, but you just didn't get to spend enough time with them to appreciate and the I didn't big really, stuff. And I didn't really think about it until he this guy brought it because I was so focused on all the Calvin stuff and and, uh. and everything else going on, like the epilogue and all that. But um, but when he brought it up, I was like, you're right, like there wasn't, and that was a cool little story arc, mm. you know? Like, I I liked that. I mean, especially the whole thing with the uh, his sword. Um, Maya, uh, yeah. Um, the we we chose scene, yeah, is insane. Um, and, and it's crazy. It's 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 cool to really cause you kind of have this whole overarching theme of the the radiance in the past failed. They killed their spread, which is why there hasn't been radiance since because no one trusts the humans anymore. Yeah, and that these radiants are bad. And then you have this one scene where this spread who was there for the recreants who was just like it wasn't them. We we also chose we both are the sprint and the humans we made this decision yeah to do this we didn't know that we were gonna that we were gonna die like this and yeah. that we were gonna become dead eyes but we did choose you know obviously she didn't say that many words because right you know because she's barely like able to communicate she, the, fact, the fact that she was able to do that is a it was a huge break it was a huge moment where because they're they in sprint that die sprint that not die like Teft's friend died because that was a different kind of death. That was like a more ult- like a sh- like a shattering a a, a spren mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. But normally, if a spren dies the way the recreants happened, they turn into what's called a dead eye in the cognitive realm, in the realm where they are more corporeal and like human sized. Um, 
And so they're just like, and they just follow around their, um, the shard bearer, you know, whoever has, but, whoever has the, them, the but, blade. but, um, so Adolin has this unique relationship though with his sword where he respects it. He, uh, cares about it. You know, he feels like he knows it. And then he finds out, you know, this is, a, there is a dead spren that this sword is on this side of the things. And in, in him treating, treating her with, um, care and concern and respect and reverence and all these things. Somehow it's, it seems like it's like kind of repairing her a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far that'll go. I would love but... to see her, him somehow heal her and they bond together. I, I would love that too. I thought whenever it, I, I call in, in Oathbringer, I thought that's where they're going to go with it. Whenever, um, they might, but that but, being said, I also like Adeline as a character because he's not a radiant, mm-hmm. but he still is like in the front lines doing all that he can with yeah. what he's got, and that's what makes Aladdin such a cool character. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I would I, I would like him to have that spren. I like him to have that bond, but it's almost kind of cool having him not have a bond with a spren, right. and he won't bond a spren because he's using Maya. Right. You know. Yeah. That, that's uh, you know he he has a bond. I mean he does have a bond with her even if it's not a the kind of bond that makes gives you radiant powers. They obviously have a bond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So who who knows exactly how that'll go? He does to me. He does seem like a very edge dancer type of character. Mm-hmm. I will remember those who've been forgotten. Um, you know, the ultimate remembering of those who've been forgotten. You know, mm-hmm. is that he cares about his shard blade you know you know oh, that's true i didn't even think about that <laughs> um i also really liked shalon has been getting annoying to me um just of all of her weird personalities and what they do she's a good character she's written well but her yeah. just, and i think that's the point she's kind of meant to annoy you a little bit yeah um but i liked her i like the ending of her story arc in this book um yeah she had a big moment she had I mean, a very big moment say, you know she said goodbye to one of her personalities mm-hmm. that was a big you know, part of her for a long time. And so I don't know how far that'll go either, you know, as far as, you know, t- you know, if radiant will sometime go away or, or whatever, but, um, but yeah, that was, a, I liked that. She had it. Yeah. She had a big moment to realize too. Like she's had a, she has dead eye. She has two shard blades. That was, that, that was, was crazy. crazy. I didn't realize that. Like I, like, I mean, as I was reading, obviously I realized it, but like, right. that's just, that was like a really crazy, like, Whoa holy cow well that was a really crazy turn in the trial because then it kind of hurt them really bad yeah when they were somehow they knew that that was her dead eye because uh, oh that was when Adolin's thing was no sprint there's been no new dead eyes created since the recreants mm. and they were like oh really there hasn't there's been there's been this one what about this one? Oh, oops um so that was but that so that, I don't know Oh, that was interesting. It was definitely interesting seeing the Herald uh, be more involved in that storyline too. Come you know on. what happened as well? Yeah, he's he was just crazy. Um, <laughs> you know what happened too? That was weird. That I don't think ever actually bore anything, as far as I know yet. What? All the dead eyes appearing outside of lasting integrity. Remember how I said like they just had a whole bunch just congregating outside of lasting because they usually take them in to lasting integrity and keep them safe stuff like that. But they started to have a big congregation of them coming. Is that during the trial? It was brought up during the trial. They were like basically. Or no, saying... it was. I think it was brought up before the trial that when uh, Adeline went to go stand on the wall, 
and look out, he saw all of the Deadeyes congregating or something like that. Okay. And there's just they just mentioned there's a bunch of Deadeyes congregating, but they don't know why because it's never happened. Like there've never been that many in one area before. Uh-huh. Huh. And then I don't know. yeah, that was weird. Lasting Integrity was a really cool place. Yeah. How how like the uh, the like physics were weird on like, whatever when you're inside it. I don't remember exactly. I just remember there was something with there's, that. There's it's like a like a rectangle, and then each side is like its own. But you could like step, you could mm-hmm. like just step up, and then all of a sudden you'd be walking in, in a different. So like when you get to like, like say you came to the corner of where the wall would meet, if you stepped onto that wall, you would end up walking on that yeah. wall now. Which is kind of a cool thing with because they're honor spren and when and wind runners can do mm-hmm. the whole changing their orientation of gravity and stuff. So that was cool. The, yeah. the whole it was it can the yeah, description yeah. of it. It's on the back. Uh, yeah, the description of it confused me at first. Oh yeah, how tall it is or whatever. Just the description of it. I was like, as I was reading, I was like, what? And then I looked it up and I was, I saw the picture and I read like whatever on on the wiki and I was like, oh okay, this is actually really cool. It makes more sense. Um, oh the what do you think? What do you think about? I was like, I was getting a little freaked out, not freaked out, but I was, I was, it was really messing me up whenever Shalon was give like saying goodbye to, um, what's his name? Her spren. Oh yeah. Pattern. Pattern. Yeah. She was like, I don't need you anymore. I was like, Oh no, you're going to kill pattern. Yeah. No, gosh. I was like, you're going to kill your spren. And, um, so so glad that that got sorted out. And yes, mm. it did all a lot. There was a lot of stuff in there that was very big, crazy stuff that kind of got resolved really quickly because they didn't spend as much time with those characters. But uh, I'm very glad Pattern and her figured things out because I was just like, you gotta be kidding me! Like, don't do this to Pattern. Um, but that was that was like a crazy thing though. The whole that whole like who's betraying her and can we also talk real quick about uh, Pattern talking to Wit? Like, like spying for wit. Well, like mean? not even necessarily spying for it, but like talking to wit. Like he talked, like he, he mentioned to Shalon that like, I, I wasn't like necessarily spying on you. I was talking to wit. Uh-huh. Like he wasn't, cause she thought he was using the cube to talk to. Oh, so, so whatever. wit must have, but, but is that what you're saying? Well, wit must have a cube, but let's just, uh, just the fact that wit and pattern have a relationship enough to talk to each other yeah. about Shalon is just interesting. Wit is just, well, wit and Shalon have a long relationship, right? Like to an extent. Well, I think like when she was younger, like Wit he was knew, around. Yeah, like, he, he knew so, he knew her brother too. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so so I think I feel like Wit is kind of, I know you know I know Wit likes Khaled and everything, but he definitely seems to have like a more if there was a, a character that he as far as as far as a friendship wise, I think he'd probably be closest to Shalon. And he went out of his way, especially in Oathbringer. I mean, mm-hmm. he really really tried to um, help her out. Uh, in Oathbringer, big time, and then he was still concerned about her and and talking to Pattern about Pattern's concerns about her in this book. So, did you also notice what the box was? Sion. Uh, you know what that's from from Elantris, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I, I recognize that whenever because um, I, I haven't finished Elantris yet. <laughs> It's like really? I've been, still haven't finished I've been reading Elantris since I started Way of Kings, I think. The ending is really good of Elantris. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get there. I just get bogged down, get, get caught up in other books. But but yeah, that was good. Good, Yeah, that storyline, like, it was a good storyline, though. I enjoyed it. I liked all that happened there. There's probably some stuff we're leaving out. We, we'll, we'll probably do more. But what about, we can't get, we can't go away from... The, well, I'll cut two things. We gotta talk about a little bit about Dalinar and Ishar. 
Mm-hmm. How crazy! How crazy is that? Scene? Almost losing the Stormfather. We're almost was losing the Stormfather. Ishar is like making the he's he's bonding radiance to he. Well, so Ishar has his honor blade, which means he has the powers of a bondsmith. But he's not bound by. But he's not connected. Yeah, he doesn't have any oaths, so he can do whatever he wants as long as he's holding that that. Which it seems like they're trying to they're kinda of learning that Dalinar is able to do the same thing though because honor is dead. He has these oaths, but he's he's also not necessarily bound because he's no longer bound by honor. Honor mm. is what bound even even the, the even though they had their honor blades and they weren't because he was a bondsmith, but he didn't necessarily Yeah. You know, he it's, was still more, bound to certain oaths or certain rules because of honor, but honor's dead, so now that they're finding that like the rules are changing. Yeah. Well he just has to be careful because the storm like sometimes he'll do things in the storm it kinda like stretches the storm father uh i don't know hopefully he doesn't overdo it and like really mess up the storm father or something but um yeah that was pretty crazy whenever they're fighting and then death just goes comatose because he's like wait that means you were in shinovar you because you got your 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 blade back so what does that mean about my dad who had was guarding your blade is that whole the whole him like chaining them to the ground too with like their stormlight drained into the that ground. That was cool. That was really cool. Um, there was also oddly enough some good, interesting character development for the Stormfather in this book. Yeah. Of learning from Downer to like, because Downer a, a big common thing in this book is Downer pushing Stormfather to do something to not just sit back and right to not watch. just be a storm just say I'm a storm I have to be do what a storm does. But storm got a storm got a storm. To which, I mean, you even get that little last section, that last uh, flashback, which was very cool to read with Eshenai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, de- where Stormfather's like, I actually have shown mercy once or something like that. And he's yeah. like, what? And you go to the flashback and it's Eshenai when she's dying. She was Where she was, bind- she was bonding that spren. Yeah. She was, I think she had said the, said the first idea or not. She might have. She, I thought she became a radiant at that point. I think she did become a radiant. And that's why, that's why she was able to do what she did because she was highly invested. Yeah. She was highly invested when she died, so she probably died right after being invested by yeah. saying that first. Though. And then, the, and then Stormfather was just like, "Well, I, I can, you know, show you what basically you I'll show you, you. You wanted the journey. I'll show you. The, I'll show you." And she was able to see the entirety of of uh, Roshar. Roshar, yeah, what which was her dream. And yep. so that was that was a cool chapter. That I didn't cool. necessarily care for a lot of the flashbacks in this one because mm. I, I just didn't care. Benly isn't kind of she's an interesting character, but she's I'm not as invested in her. Yeah. Although real quick, this is sort of off topic, but but uh, Wit totally makes a mention that there's a dragon on Roshar. Yeah. Who? Where? What? Didn't it say? Didn't it? I'm cultivation. Is cultivation a dragon? Her like true form is a dragon. Is it? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it says it somewhere in that I... book. I only the only mention I ever hear of a dra- I remember of dragon was Wit saying there is one on Roshar, but she likes to hide her true form or something like that. Cultivation. She hides her true form. Yeah. I don't believe you. No. <laughs> so yeah, the um, whole the whole down Arnie Shard thing was really cool. What about um Odium? Odium had some character progression in this book. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh yes, that's that's putting it lightly. Um good old That was the most amazing I, I just gotta say that that for for first of all, I had no idea. Well I had no idea it was coming, but it's a it's just an amazing cap for Teravangian's 
like character arc. I he was on his dumbest day. He was like an idiot that day. He he had been trying to get Odium to come talk to him, so he he had those um, spren that were like corrupted spren, and he couldn't even remember why he had them. He's like, why do I have these? <laughs> and then Zeth shows up, and he's trying to tell Zeth, Zeth, wait. Crazy. I just. And then as he's dying, like Zeth stabs him. As he's dying, he's just like, screw it. He t- takes, grabs a... Uh, a uh, Nightblood. Grabs Nightblood and just jams it into Teravangian. Which in itself I mean, is... into Odium. Which is in itself is crazy, the fact that Nightblood can kill a shard. Or right? can kill a shard bearer. Um, that's insane. Also, 100% did not see that coming at all. Like, reading all these books, I never would have told you, like, yeah, I mean, never would there have been a theory in my mind of, like, yeah, Teravangian might become Odium. Never. Never would have yeah, thought it. Just never. Right. Because this is not just something for, for the Stormlight Archive. This is, like, Cosmere-level changes to the story. I mean, when you think about it, it, it the way it leaves things, you, you get to a point where it's like, Odium is, he's very close to being broken. He's lost so much because he keeps, everything he tries doesn't work. He's getting more and more. The last time he talks to Dalinar, when they make that plan, not plan, they make the contract, Every time he gets upset, he's like, like you can see, like, gold or like red, like power, like burning through his skin because he's so, almost, just destroyed by the power and by how much time, how much he's lost and everything. He's so wounded as a as a shard that he's super weak. He makes a plan. He's very desperate to make a an agreement, and you come out thinking, wow, that things are going really well for our heroes. And then now you have a fresh vessel who knows intimately knows the characters who has, and he's not just one. He one thing about Teravangian is he's got he's not just he's got both passion and intelligence. That's what cultivation did. She made mm-hmm. him either all passion or all intelligence. Or all intelligence. So he has the he has both of those. So he has a whole different. I mean, he's going to have a different perspective than than Ray's did the uh but it's so crazy uh, because it seems like cultivation obviously planned this out right. but i don't know if it's going to end up the way she wanted it to i don't know how she wants it to end up you know i don't think she wants she, him I mean, to she, be she, she well she wants she, she wants, says she gave him all the intelligence and all the passion so that he, he can be smart enough to understand it but also have passion enough to not let it control him right right but it seems like instead of that he's almost going to control it and do bad things with it but in this in the 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 concept of or in the uh, guise of doing something right in his own mind. Yeah, you know, even to the point of where he like straight up just like wipes or possibly wipes Wit's memory. Oh yeah, that whole scene. Like like that that shows that he like doesn't like he's not a good guy. If yeah. he's willing to just completely right. wipe someone's memory what, like that. What I don't here's what I don't I'm still don't fully understand. What is his inner motivation? Because before he would do he would do the worst things. He would allow the worst things to happen as long as he believed. He was, he was saving the most amount of people he could. So is that what he's gonna is is this gonna be like a Cosmere level thing where he's gonna be like I think so like a Thanos kind of kind I of think motivation. So. That's what it seems like. It seems like he's gonna bring because he's now he's been opened up to the Cosmere because he's starting to gain understanding uh-huh. of the different slowly but gain understanding of the different worlds in the Cosmere and, and the different probably the different things the different struggles the different things going on there, and so he is somehow gonna I I, I have a feeling he's gonna somehow just think like. I can do better yeah, and so I can that's make this better. Like, yeah. Kind of like, kind of like a Thanos type of thing probably. You know? Yeah. Because it just, it felt a little weird. It's like, 
one minute he's trying to stop Odium, like keep Odium from getting as much as possible. He, you know, and, and, and sure, he was willing to give up a lot in order to do that. But now that he's Odium, you'd think he'd just be like, okay, I don't, I, I'm good with uh, losing to to uh, Dalinar because I don't want to kill a bunch of people and like mass murder. I don't have to now because I'm a god. But instead, he definitely is trying to, he's definitely, he's, he looks, he's like, oh, I found a loophole here. They don't realize that they've left me some room here to wiggle. And so he's totally going to try to beat Dalinar's champion. Yeah, I don't know what's so, going to happen. It's scary. It's scaring me. It is very scary. Because I know, I just know that some, a lot of not good things are going to happen in this next book. I know. There's just no... Because it, it, it's like the halfway point. Yeah. And it's supposed Empire to have... Empire like, Strikes it's Back. There's supposed to be a time skip, right? Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, the time skip's not going to... Oh my gosh, Dallas going to lose an, lose an hand. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... Khaled think, is going to be frozen in some I sort thought, of carbonite. I assumed... I think I assumed because of the time skip in Mistborn that there was going to be a huge time skip in this one but there's not there's gonna be like a 10 year time skip or something like that i mean there's a huge time skip in mistborn right like several hundred years but um that's they're not doing that in stormlight so stormlight will pick up we'll still have a lot like like the characters won't have all died off you know because of old age (laughs) by the time uh, that's good at least but uh yeah yeah i mean i think i think that's 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 it for this one of War. Thank you, of War. We'll talk more about it, and we'll delve more into it. I mean, we haven't even touched Navani, her storyline. Oh, yeah, yet, so yeah. We'll, she had we'll big jump, stuff. We'll and, jump into that. And, she was uh, definitely the main focus, I think. of the, Her and Kaladin were kind of the main focus of this book. Right. Um, as far as, like, lore, digging into... You know, this is a Cosmere-heavy book. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and magic system-heavy and science-heavy. and Like I said, there are things I was reading this, and I was like, gosh, I'm not even learning this... What I'm learning in school isn't even this difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll be back with more Cosmere stuff. And But uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope uh, you know it was fun to follow along, even if you haven't read it and you're just not concerned with the spoilers. And if you have read it, I hope you enjoyed just hearing us kind of nerd out on just how amazing this last book was. Wonderful. It's January 1st. Stormlight 5, he will begin writing. Stormlight 5. So. I'm excited for Wax and Wayne 4, at least. At least I got that to look forward to. Next year, yeah. Next September. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's going to be like a whole year before it comes out. Because he's writing other, other things. I don't know. Because he's Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, maybe. And he's I mean, writing like 17 different books in one. Could be once. like a publisher thing where they. That's true. They want to line, line up a Brandon Sanderson book. Near the That's end of true. the year, <laughs> he could start. Uh, he might. It might be just because he's gonna have to start working on on whatever movie or video game or show that he's gonna be doing. Oh yeah, I don't know. is that happening? He's it been be... working on a screenplay for Mistborn Ooh. for a while. Interesting. Uh, he hasn't updated where it's at in a long time though, so I don't know where it's at. But anyway, anyway, thanks yeah. for joining us. Thanks for joining Bridge of Two. We uh, please uh, you know reach out to us on social media or email. Um, you got uh, at Bridge of Two is Twitter. Uh, Instagram is bridge underscore underscore three. Is it three? Two. Bridge of three? Two spelled out. T-W-O. Oh, right, right, right. That's that's what we're called. And then uh, bridge of two at gmail.com. Send us your theories, your thoughts on what we're doing, uh, ideas on what else we should be doing. (laughs) Anything you want. Pretty much anything. So 
if you if you agree with me that Tom Branson is the wit of Down Abbey, uh, let me know. <laughs> and let us know. We'll talk about Downton Abbey. Oh, jeez. And with that, uh, this is a uh, bridge of two. A far, far, far away bridge. bridge. I remembered this time. <laughs>